Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Piburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft, and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very much more. Good morning, Rob Ensley. Morning, Tommy. Morning, guys. Joe Pyburn in-house, Matt Nelson running the board, Bailey the Wonder Poodle in helping him out to be an assistant there in the control room. Uh, thank you to everybody that showed up at our remote last week in, at, at Three Rivers. That was that was pretty cool. We, yeah, that was uh, fun. Yeah, it's, it's always, anytime you get a relatively trouble-free remote under your belt, it, it's a good thing, but uh, it's just a stark reminder that that Three Rivers Marine is just the angler's pro shop back there, man. If you can't find it there, if you can't get it installed on your boat, it doesn't exist. Yeah, for sure. We've had some crazy remotes over the years, too. I remember oh, the dude. one up in uh, Skagit uh, County. Friday, yep. No, Friday Harbor uh, <laughs> Salmon Derby years ago. Uh, you know, he tested the line like five minutes before we went on. Everything was working perfect. Yeah. Just then, a backhoe digs up the entire line and fries the whole system on on uh, San Juan Island. The whole Everything crashes. Line. So we go yeah. to get on, and there's nothing. Nothing. So Matt's freaking out here in the studio, and uh, Tom, I, I don't know how you came up. I was just like, well, I'm out. I'm going out of the boat. <laughs> Except I, you I grabbed s- a cup of coffee, and I'm, I'm walking out the door like, well, I guess Let's that's it. Let's go fishing. Let's yeah, go that, fishing. That radio thing was fun for a while. So he pulls this phone over and is like, we're doing the show. On speakerphone, right? We were in the manager's office yeah. at the hotel. Anyway, right. Had to be there, but it was yeah. uh, no, one of those one weird. of those classic moments. It's one of those old, you know, kind of white plastic speakerphone deals. We did the whole show from that thing. Yeah. Classic moment yeah. yesterday, yep. Black Friday. No, you could have gone out and, and spent all day yesterday in a, in a shopping line no. somewhere. We were out driving around. We had, we had a basketball tournament going on. So we were in Bellevue and all the way over there. Traffic everywhere. The malls oh. were all stuffed. But you can go fishing. Uh, luckily, WDFW has been planning all these lakes here on the west side and a few in the, on, on the east side of the mountains as well. With big fat trout, big, big ones, fifteen yeah. to sixteen inches. Some of those suckers are like three pounds. Some nice trout. Yeah. We got uh, Tom. You reached out to Michael Foster at WDFW. He's going to come on here at six twenty-five and talk about the Black Friday event. It's kind of a big deal now, and it's kind of softened the opening day effect here in in Washington. You know that that springtime opening day deal. Definitely not as many people getting out nowadays because you've got this opportunity All in the long. winter. To get yep. out and catch some of these trout, the lakes aren't that crowded. No, and, and between King Pierce and Snohomish County, you got you got over ten lakes yeah. that, are, that are participating in this. And there, there are there's some there's some dandies in there for sure. Bruce stock, so yeah, exactly. And you don't need I, a bunch of gear. You know, no, you it's don't. Pretty not simple. really. No, no. Yeah. So gonna... I would take a raincoat and a heater. Today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yesterday. Would, today you would have wanted a. Raincoat we got some weather sure. coming in tonight. Now, I don't know uh-huh. if you want to be out on the lake here tonight. This morning, though, we got a little window of opportunity here this morning. But uh, I don't know, Joe. You were talking about gust of fifty or something on the north end here this evening yeah, it's and gonna, it's gonna get it's gonna get a little sloppy it's wow okay. it's perfect for duck hunting oh i can remember some days when the spinner decoys first came out i got mm-hmm. a wind duck right yeah and you stick it on the pole and i remember and just like, watching i just remember away. that thing taking off and just like <laughs> gone 
gone. It just it flew itself clear down the field up there. And, it migrated you know, south. It just, yeah, I had to go walk down there and get it anyway. So classic and, stuff. And not unlike you, I I couldn't. Uh, you know, I, I kind of start my thoughts start kind of going to Southeast Alaska a little bit. We talked to our friend Joel Martin of FishBaronoff dot com yesterday. And uh, he mentioned the weather was was a little bit sporty up there. What did you track? You tracked the freaking August to ninety two in Craig, Alaska. Sounds about uh, right. Our neighbors called up there. They went over and checked on our house and went in and walked around. Everything was fine. But they they'll have every winter they'll have a couple over a hundred right mm. in town there. It's just a blowhole in the winter time. It's a blowhole in the summertime for that matter. But yeah, uh, pretty pretty gnarly up there here the last couple of weeks. Nice weather this week though. And I tell you what, those those Sitka blacktails have been in the rut up there. A bunch of my buddies and, and uh, Heather and some of those folks up there have been uh, shooting some nice blacktails lately. So. I get more comments on Heather Duville, A.K. Moosey's Yeah, she's com- cool, yeah. man. Well, on, on her appearance friend. on our show. Yeah, there's yeah. no question about it. And def- definitely influencing I mean, that, that cold smoke sockeye is just wrong. I I, mm-hmm. I pop some of that out for Thanksgiving and and my family mowed that stuff down, yeah. which, which kind of – I was glad to see them do it, but it kind of hurt too because, you know, I was always really, really proud of my my hot smoked salmon. But there's something about that that cold smoke Well, stuff. it just we'll be, permeates the smoke so deep into the fish, you it, know, I and think, it's smooth. I think part of – that is part of it. Yeah. That is part of it. I think the other part is the oil preservation in, in that cold smoke process because you're removing all the water. That, that's the problem with a lot of guys' hot smoke is they get that white curd on top because it's because all that water comes out at once, and with it comes the oil. Well, I, what I so. got out of her her visit here was um, I want to eat some deer stomach. So I reached out to some buddies who have muzzleloader tags, and I'm like, hey. Get me the stomach. Yeah, if you get a deer, save me that stomach. I'm glad she didn't say, like, deer hoof or oh, something, you know. Man. One thing about Heather and her family, they live this subsistence lifestyle. Go follow her on Instagram, AK Moosey. She's a dear friend of ours, yeah. and uh, we just love her to pieces. And they really do. They, they live yeah, that lifestyle. That. That's cool. Uh, I like it. We're going to be living possibly a little different lifestyle here in Washington if our Fish and Wildlife Commission keeps uh, driving us in the direction they're mm-hmm. going here. Uh, Ron Garner, uh, president of Puget Sound Angler, is going to come on 7 o'clock and talk about some of the recent decisions uh, we've seen out of our commission. And, uh, and you know, we've got a couple commission chairs that are that are going to be up for grabs here pretty soon. And mm, what might we expect here? Uh, who's going to put in for those positions? And uh What's I don't know. We got storm clouds on the horizon here. So Ron Garner is going to come on seven o'clock, talk about some of that stuff that's coming up out here on the horizon. Uh, seven twenty-five. Kevin John checking in from the north end. I don't know if there's ever been a year with this many snow geese, maybe ever. Yeah, there is a lot of snow geese on the north end in eastern Washington. They're piling up over there, clear over to Spokane. There's snow geese all over there here at the moment as well. Uh, and then we got some coho and, and chum ops too on the north end too, as well as some crabbing. So Kevin John, yeah, buddy no up at, at Holiday Sports up in Burlington, are going to come on seven twenty-five. And winter crabbing's been. Just, it's been on fire. Uh, I mean, yeah. amazing. I mean, so so we had uh, Dave Johnson getting Kit Sat Marine on the show last week. And then, you know, t- talking about crab this, crab that. And then the rest of the weekend, he was just peppering our phones mm-hmm. with, oh, yeah, look at this. There's no crab in Area 10. There's no crab. Which is great because. Full pots. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the thing of it is, you know, you you, uh, you go to the Seattle Boat Show and you talk to a lot of these guys that are down in 13 and 10. And they're lamenting the fact that, you know, they really don't get an opportunity anymore. To see those those Dungeness crab populations rebound in, in the South Sound is a tremendously healthy sign, and and I'm just it, it, I'm just thankful for it because it, you know we we kind of take it for granted, Joey, that, sure. that we're we're going salmon fishing and we're dropping our freaking pots out, 
you know, on, on the way to, you know, to go salmon fishing in the summertime. So, well, they, they, those crab got a break down there and, and it worked, yeah. you know, now they got some good winter crabbing and our buddy Chris Sherwood was out. He launches his little boat out of Mukatillo, ran out, dropped his pots, one hour soak, two limits of crab. Dude, wow. I just want to go and there's back no, to... And there's nobody out there doing it. I just mm-hmm. want to go back to the fact he actually launched and recovered his boat at From, Uncle Tio and survived. Yeah. That, That's a gnarly dude. launch. We've gone by there so oh many times with big, big, like a big swell But we had there, that you know? nice stretch of just beautiful, we calm yeah. Yeah. Yeah, weather. Yeah, for sure. It was so. nice, but if you don't know what we're talking about, just just Google Point Elliot, and, and that is, that's the ramp that's Muckleteal. And it's right on this point, and, and it's like the worst place to put a boat ramp A lot ever. of current. A lot of current, yeah. well, but even, you're exposed to the southerlies e- coming up Possession Sound, well, also, and the northerly Saratoga is You're also exposed to, even on a nice, calm day, we'll be running by there. You know, and we were like, we're like a hundred yards off the, the boat ramp and there's just wake. Oh, these yeah. poor guys trying to put their boats on. It's like, yeah, we're coming from yeah. Everett. Yeah, we're, we're a full tilt boogie. And then you can go ahead and mix up the occasional weather system and, and fog coming down the Snohomish River Valley. If yeah. that's not enough for you. So yeah, that, that ramp is, uh, that leaves a little bit to be desired. So tell you what, uh, we're, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. Um, December. The first of December brings some steelhead opportunities, and we don't get that much chance to talk about steelhead. In fact, there's so much interest in steelhead that Joey maybe not be able to take part of the Mardon hunt here. So we're, we're going to find out what that's all about. So, hey, load up that text toy, 866-979-3776. You can also call us up this morning. This would be a great morning for a phone call. 206-421-3776 is the reverse giant hotline brought to you by Duckworth, Wellcraft, Northwest Boat. We'll be right back on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Go dogs! From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Rob Ensley specifically requested the <laughs> University of Washington fight song. He's thrown away oh, the crimson boy. and he's wearing the purple and gold. Oh, going to no. be an interest, oh, no. interesting night in the Palouse tonight. Gonna what a game, buddy. Oh, what a, well, did you... It, and it's, and it's the game. last game of just a cavalcade mm-hmm. of, of of rivalries today. Oregon, Oregon State, you know USC, Notre Dame, just a whole bunch. I'm in a great great slate yesterday. Hey, uh, also there's a great slate at uh, MurphyAuction.com this week. Uh, Thursday, December first brings the new heavy equipment contractors equipment vehicles online auction. Check out that and more at MurphyAuction.com. Also, their new facility in Marysville. They're moving into our neighborhood. Also on December first, what happens on December first, Robbo? Joey Pyburn gets to stock stores all over the west side with sand shrimp, which yep. is why he can't go duck hunting with us this oh, week. He's go got to work. I have to work. He's got to go, go, work. Gotta go pump sand shrimp for well, the steelhead fishing. So last year, you know, our steelhead fishing has basically been in the dumper for quite a while. So we didn't really stock the stores, you know. And then all of a sudden, we our phones blow up. Guys are catching steelhead. They're yelling at me. They're calling me really bad names. Uh, so, so this year I'm going to make sure that for Thursday, December 1st, when it opens up there, um, guys can, guys can, uh, have some sand trips. Only fly in the ointment. The cricks are in great shape right now. Robbo, you pulled up the USGS current conditions and it's, Low it's water. bizarre. Everywhere. Cause you know, here it is. And yeah. we're this time last year, we we're, you know, on, on the verge of just a, uh, river scouring flood series of floods really that cost us some some spawning productivity but this year we've got 
a lot of streams, particularly in the Blim Peninsula, that are running half or less of their long-term mm-hmm. average. To see the bogus yield at like 560 yeah. CFS right now, that's whew, that's like September flows. You know, ironically, I mean, there's been a couple of steelhead caught yeah. out there, and typically that system gets going around Thanksgiving. You well, know, well, and we get a little bump in the water yeah. after this cold spell. Usually, that thing peaks. Here in a couple of weeks, you know, middle of September, something like that, that thing will peak out. If we get a little bit of rain after this cold snap, that's going to go off out there on the coast. And then- North, North Fork is still open up on Thursday, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair game. Closer yeah. to home, we to- got Reader. Yeah. Reader and Tokel, and Tokel yeah. which yeah. produced really well last year. And, you know, that usually kind of gets ramped up more like mid-December, kind of peaks out around Christmas, but yeah. last year they caught fish right away and it just kind of mm-hmm. stayed consistently good. So hopefully it's good. Uh, and I've heard of a couple fish already at Reader and Todd Daniels has seen a few fish oh, yeah. on the, on, you know, that Sultan mm-hmm. Monroe stretch there. So, so how there's are, some fish around. How are guys fishing these sand shrimp? I mean, I guided for years. I had a, ver- a, a, a few different techniques for fishing them. Tom is grinning because we used to fish them oh, on a big oh, rag. Dude, yeah. Oh dude, man, dude. they would just mow them down. Well, I the you joke, know. the joke on the crick was, I mean, we we spent so much time up on the Skagit when and we got involved in in a couple of broodstock uh, wild fish enhancement programs and 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 we'd get it, we'd get uh, number four pink pearl pink wing bobber rolling one way and we'd hook the sand shrimp on going the other way so you they had the cower counter rotating so the joke was we were genetically selecting Skagit River fish to bite on a wing bobber and a sand shrimp right yeah so that was the joke <laughs> but dude they, yeah this, that those are some great days but a couple different ways to fish I mean fish sure. a hole or fish just the tail or fish like an eighteen count versus a twelve count talk about some of that stuff Joe and and how guys can can do this. Well, you know, if you're fishing off the bank up at Reader, most of those guys are going to be float fishing now. You know, it, back in the day when we were kids fishing up there, it was mostly drift fishing. You know, a corky, a little piece of sand shrimp, a little piece of yarn, and you're drift fishing. Now those guys are all float fishing, running jigs with a little bit of shrimp on it, or basically kind of like bobber dogging that that shrimp down there with a little, you know, a little bit of a corky there or a bead, a little bit of sand shrimp, and bobber dog that through it. It's just a way more effective way to fish, and it's going to keep you from losing so much gear. Um, obviously, as the guys move down into the lower river, uh, more boat fishing going on down there. Guys are, you know, um, you're either bobber dogging. A lot of, it's mostly bobber dogging or side drifting down there. And little pieces. I like a little piece of sand shrimp. When Some you guys say want, piece of sand shrimp, though, how are you putting it on there? Because there's ways to rig it. Or it'll just it'll just fall right off the jig, or if you're side drifting, it'll come right off. How do you rig that little? It, you just take the tail off and rig it on there. How how are you I, doing that? Yeah, and I like the 18 count. Yeah, they're little. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just looking for a little piece of shrimp, not necessarily. I know a lot of the guys down in the low river who are plunking. They want a big, big old whole, you know, jumbo sand shrimp. <laughs> but little piece of sand shrimp, you're gonna have an egg loop on your snelled hook and thread that tail up. Put the loop around. I put a little piece of yarn on there and snug that up in there. Keeps the shrimp on there. And on my jigs, I tie in little, you'd like the rubber bands you'd use mm-hmm. when yeah. you have braces. Yeah. Orthodontic yeah. rubber bands. Yes. Yeah. I tie those in to the top end of the jig, a little mm-hmm. bit of marabou, and then thread your shrimp on, pull the, the band around, and it just 
snugs it in there, dude, and you're not going to lose that sand trap. And one thing that helps is to hook it on so it goes up through the shell, yes. not through yeah. the belly of yeah. that tail. If, if you hook it through the belly, it'll just tear right it'll off. Come but right go, off. You almost, it looks like you're doing it backwards, but you're really not, and it really helps keep that little tail on there and, mm-hmm. and keep it from pulling off. But great way to go. They they really they hammer those dude, sand traps. They can't, they can't a, not grind if them. If there's a wild steelhead anywhere around, they will just <laughs> they'll attack. Just, they'll find it. Oh, they yeah, would just mow to, them down. We used to run those things on, on bait divers. Bait divers. Well, years ago. We ended up quitting yeah. doing that because you, you they just take them way too deep. Because some of that, some of those deep water holes, yeah, in, in, particularly in the Skagit. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't free drift down through them because you couldn't get down, yeah. you know, and right against. There'd, there'd be a piling bank or something like that. And so we started running those those thin fin hot and tots. And it was funny because I looked on the at, at Three Rivers when we were there last last week, mm-hmm. and now you know, then they're painted they, black. They're you painted used to black. have to they're, paint them black yourself. Yeah, and, and yeah, they don't. No. They come with no, no hooks on them. They're, they're just, just a bait diver. Oh, dude! But yeah. the fish took them so deeply. Yeah. And that, it was, that, and I mean, one of the things you mentioned running a little bead or a little weight on there, the Bomac cheater weights were oh, perfect. Yes. So back in the day, we used to have to take .30 slinky shot drill and them. drill it. Your fingers would get, I mean, I'd have to maybe <laughs> drilling through my fingers. I'd sit up at night and drill holes through all those slinky shots and then paint them, powder cone them, and then paint them and everything. Well, now you just buy the cheater weights. You can get them in all different sizes, all different colors. And that, and then you can run that cheater weight with a hook and a shrimp tail or a little gob of eggs or something and keeps it mm-hmm. right down if you're float fishing right down where it needs to be. We used to buy hooks from Joe Superfisky, and it was like Norwegian drug deals, dude. It's like, hey, Joe, Joe, you got any of those number threes? <laughs> yeah, I need, need 2,000 number threes. Joe. And you'd always meet him in a parking lot. Oh, yeah, I used to meet yeah, him yeah. in the parking I lot, said, too. Just meet some. And he'd, he'd be like, hey, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, li- listen, you don't think I've been involved in some of those crazy meet? I've met Gary Krein under the trestle, you know? Like, I pull. he's already sitting there. I pull up. He's like, hey, you got the stuff? I'm like, yeah, I got it. Here's your six packages of green herring. Well, no, they need to open up the and smell them. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that Panama? Is that yeah. from Panama? Where's that, where are those from? Oh, we're such losers. Yes, we are. Okay, let's go straight to the source. Black Friday fishing event. Actually, it's kicked off a couple weeks ago. We got several lakes, and we got the guy. We got the guy. We got the, we got the guy. We got Michael. We got Michael Foster, WDFW. Join us next, the Outdoor Line, Channel Sports Station 17 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish Gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. This has been going on for several years, and I would much rather cast a line than stand in one. Here to tell us all about WDFW's Black Friday fishing event is none other than online content specialist Michael Foster of the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. Good morning, Michael. Morning, morning man. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so what's going on with the Black Friday trout fishing event? Um, Nellie mentioned it. It's been going on for a little while now, and it's become quite popular. You guys are stocking lakes all over western Washington. Uh, tell our listeners what's going on and how to catch these darn things out there in these kind of cold lakes this time of year. Yeah, of course. Uh, that is a decade-long program now, and uh, this year we're looking at 45,000 planted jumbo-sized rainbow trout in more than 30 lakes across the state. Uh, so chances are there is an opportunity near you, and even beyond the Black Friday lakes, uh, there are year-round lakes that have been stocked within the past month, uh, 75 of them to be exact. So there's definitely a lot of great opportunity for some winter trout fishing pretty much no matter where you are. Yeah, I was kind of cruising through the catchable trout plants uh, this morning before I came into the show, and you know I was looking at a bunch of lakes down in Island County, and, and these lakes have been stocked 
all through October, early in November, and they're getting a bunch of fish, you know, for this event. Um, and, you know, for folks who want to get into fishing or take the kids fishing, it's easy. You, you get a you get a little trout rod. Uh, you need an egg sinker, a swivel, 24, 36 inches a liter, some power bait, marshmallow, worm, whatever you want to use, and go plunk it. Sit on the sit on the edge of the lake, and you're going to catch these trout. These things are born to eat, and and you know <laughs> they're easy to catch. Absolutely, and and for anybody who wants, you know, kind of a a checklist of what you need if you're starting out, go to mywdfw.com. That's our our kind of clearinghouse for how-to information for people trying to get into all sorts of different kinds of fishing and hunting outings. Um, and just click on the fishing highlights, and you'll you'll get all sorts of information on how to get after this. Well, Michael, I just want you to know the great personal sacrifice that Joey Pyburn just demonstrated before us because <laughs> he runs he runs Ray's baits. Okay, so so right. for him you to mention, hear me power, mention the, the, the P word, I did say weren't okay, worm and okay, marshmallow. Yeah, too. Okay, marshmallow. Okay, all right. Okay. Listen, I, let, I know there, there's probably no better way to catch these trout than <laughs> putting on a, a chunk of it's power like bait, crack man. For for stalker, for stalker yeah. trout, man. Yeah, I appreciate the sacrifice. <laughs> so this time of year, I mean, we got we got some cold weather coming up here, man. Is, is there a way to yes, sir. Uh, to to target these things because they definitely slow down their metabolism slows down, and and you got to just slow down the presentation. I mean, outside of plunking some power bait off the beach, what are some other ways to get these little suckers to go in some of these lakes, buddy? Yeah, well. Um... The best, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of a spinner guy, so I'm, mm-hmm. I might be kind of banging my head against the wall, uh, against that metabolism. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the best things, uh, again, for people who need to refer back to this, if you're starting out, uh, another option for them to check out other uh, ways to, to overcome that metabolism, go to wdfw.medium.com. And Mark Uasa, who is, you know, I don't tell you guys, is, oh, yeah. is you know, a, a wealth of knowledge. And he goes through a whole bunch of, of approaches. And, and he's really the, the bigger pro there for that. Mark Uasa is like the banjo minnow. He's genetically enhanced yeah, to dude. catch fish. <laughs> yeah, he was a doubt. predisposed to catch fish right from birth. And if he could figure out how to do it mooching, he would. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't, don't bring your cut plugs. He, should, he could go mooch a... Uh, Black woolly bugger, like oh, Dave man. Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> rumor was he fashioned one out of power well, bait. He fashioned the, the cut plug out yeah. of power. The cool bait. thing, yeah. the cool thing is these trout. These aren't you know little trout. I mean, they're the fifteen to sixteen inches, and you guys planted a bunch of three pounders, and and they fight really good this time of year in this colder water. Uh, they put up a pretty good scrap in the winter time. Uh, anything else coming up here? Uh, exciting uh, ahead of the uh, outside of the Black Friday event here, buddy. Well, uh, speaking for myself, at least up here on the Olympic Peninsula, I'm based mm-hmm. out of. Port Angeles, um, you know, once we're done talking, I'm probably going to be figuring out where I can go chase some blacktail around for the late season oh, opportunities. We've got, uh, yeah, we've now got we're archery. Talking. we got archery and muzzleloader mm-hmm. uh, going well into next month through December 15th. And with a couple of exceptions, archery go in, goes into, uh, there are a couple of opportunities for archery going into the end of December. Um, so there's, there's both blacktail and elk late season, Archery and muzzle loader. Um, of course, it's duck time. There's, there's also that. That's where I'll be focusing my attention as well. Outside of that, um, and again for mywdfw.com, anybody looking for tips on late season uh, deer and elk and waterfowl hunting, just 
click the hunting highlights there and you're going to you're going to get primers from people who've been doing it all their life. Well, and and we've seen basically what uh, just the lack of success during the late buck at least here in the Puget Sound region, mm-hmm. we've had no mm-hmm. weather, Michael, right? And yeah. so and you know and Joey's actually pointed out, "Hey, look, watch this muzzleloader hunt, watch this archery mm-hmm. hunt." Because yeah. there, there's, I mean, and, and guys saw it coming to the point where pressure had been reduced, and so you got to be licking your chops, man. I mean, there, there's, oh, yeah. it's not yeah. like it's not like they spooked all the blacktails off the peninsula. You, you, you could be in for a nice buck this year. Yeah, I mean, last uh, last weekend I was out in the foothills south of Port Angeles and ended up hanging out with a bedded doe for most of the afternoon, and you know, finding finding rubs on six inch diameter trees and I'm, I'm just getting That's excited so for the exciting. weather to come in because that was that was such a calm day we were both just mm-hmm. sitting there watching each other yeah and that, um, and I was hoping for a buck to come by and say hi and so that's fun. the key with these blacktail. I was just telling Rob and Tom uh, when when we got in the studio this morning, we have cameras out, you know, so I'm, I'm always looking at these cameras and I get emails on my phone. And during that stretch of calm weather, there was like no deer moving at all. And then we we had a couple days here of, of kind of poopy weather. Those blacktail bucks are out moving around. So it's it's just yeah. kind of lining up perfect for you muzzleloader archery guys. And then you mentioned waterfowl, too. We haven't had weather like this this early in the season in quite a long time to push all these birds down from the north. A lot of them get hung up up in the Fraser Valley and stuff up north of us. But, man, this weather's just been gnarly for the last month or so. Uh, we had a big storm back in early part of the season that pushed a bunch of birds down. It's been cool. And there is a lot of birds down here in Washington, man. I'm sure out in the peninsula you're seeing the same thing, just birds everywhere, right? Yeah, just last uh, earlier this week, just before the holiday, I was headed down Hood Canal Way, keeping an eye on on all the little inlets down there, and they're definitely showing up. Um, and the forecast for today and, and the next couple of days is certainly getting me excited there. Yeah, and and what we got coming is a profound Arctic mass of air that's going to basically come right down the spine of the Cascades and shoot down the the Fraser River Valley, and, and here we go. They're even talking snow at down to at lowland snow, like streets of Seattle level, mid next week. So if that happens, we're going to see another wave of northern birds come right down this neck of the woods. It should, it should be definitely interesting. Michael, we thank you for your time, buddy. We we appreciate it, and uh, hope uh, hope you can come join us again one of these days, man. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, and I'd love to come back. Hey, right, if you Mike. stick a deer, text us no the doubt. photo, man. Right. Yeah, say, hey, hey, save the stomach. I'll, I'll meet you <laughs> somewhere to get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be waiting. Yeah. He is, he's not even kidding, Thank dude. You. See you, buddy. <laughs> Have a great weekend, man. Thanks, Go get him. We'll talk you to you too. soon. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you called it, Joey. I mean, with, with, with just the lack of folks and the lack of weather, I mean, this late season opportunity could, could be the best deer hunting opportunity that we've seen in the state this year. I mean, this is the first year that I remember, and the three of us doing the show, that none of us hunted Washington mule deer because, I mean, it was so smoky still back in in um, mid-October. And dry and hot and 80 degrees on the opener. So we went went to Idaho where it was dry and hot and smoky. Yeah, (laughs) even worse. (laughs) Dude, having snow around to go track these blacktail, like you say, Rob, really all you need to do is find, you find a buck track, Mm -hmm. 
sit on it. That's where they live. That, that's where they're, they live. They're not migrating. They live right there. Those creepy little yeah. buggers are going to be out cruising around. And if you can find their rub line, you know, yeah. usually even in a clear cut, especially some of these areas where you got your little trees growing up, they'll get in and rub all these trees mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll have a rub line and you'll find that line and you'll find a little trail going through all those trees. And if you can just hang out there and hit that two, three, four days in a row, you're eventually going to catch that little bugger out Dude, there. Dude, I wish I still around. had a tag. Oh, <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Joey's been squirrel hunting. Jo- Joey's <laughs> been taking his pellet gun out. Okay, I accused I accused him of of taking a six point eight western, but there, there's been some squirrels. There's some squirrels in the neighborhood that. Uh, yeah, well, we have a, a eastern gray squirrel here okay. that it, you can actually hunt year round. Um, so yeah, I've been. I mean, look. I don't have any deer tags left. The duck hunting, the weather's been so nice. You already ate that porcupine for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I had this porcupine. I mean, you got to put some some sustenance in the freezer. Where did you find a porcupine? Uh, I took Maddie yeah. over to Moses Lake. Um, I usually go over there and get a porcupine or two every season. They're, they're really delicious little buggers. So Maddie and I went over there. Uh, usually you find the porcupines in the tree. You hope you mm-hmm. find them up in the tree. We're, we're pheasant hunting. Away from the dog. Uh, yeah. yeah. And this one happened to be in the sagebrush, oh. and I heard Tug. Tug never oh. makes any noise when we're bird hunting. Yeah. He doesn't bark. Right. Right. No, he's quiet. Yeah. I, he ran around. Mm-hmm. I lost sight of him. I heard a bark and then like a growl, and I was like, oh, no. And I, I, He's got a collar, right? So I, I hit his shock, and he comes running back. He already had like 30 no. quills in his face. So I pinned him down and got him all out. Maddie held the porcupine uh, at gunpoint <laughs> until, I, right there. until I got Tug tied up to a sagebrush, mm-hmm. and then uh, we, she harvested her first porcupine. So one thing about porcupine, they eat seeds and roots and, and, and wood. And bark. And lo- yes. oh, a lot of bark? Mostly bark. Dude. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I know the, the farmers don't like them because they dig up you know, their crops and they get in there and they, because they like to eat the roots. So they dig everything up, right? Yeah. And then, you know, like tree farms don't like them. They go in yeah. and it's kind of the same thing the bears do. They will strip the, yeah. the trees of the yeah. bark. But dude, they're really good. Oh, I've like, got really you good eating. and Nathan LaFrance that we hunt with over <laughs> yeah. there and another buddy over in South Dakota. All <laughs> mm-hmm. are like, it's my favorite thing to eat. Yeah. A porcupine. Yep. Who would have thought? Tasty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And squirrel is a, a close second. Oh, problem. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. if you live back east <laughs> yeah. and say West Virginia, yeah. you're going to shoot a lot of squirrels. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yep. Joe lives here on the west, west side of Washington. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> uh, you guys are jerks. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. All right. Coming up next, we, let's, we got the Ray Marine Picks of the Week coming up next here on the Porcupine Line here on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Head over to raymarine.com, you're going to find a complete selection of multifunction displays, man. If there has been, in my career, an aspect of the marine industry that's advanced more than sonar, chart plotters, all that stuff has just gotten just amazing. So have the outboards, uh, you know, but it's just, it, it's amazing to see. I mean, dude, <laughs> remember Loran? Oh, yeah, Loran C. Yeah. Yeah. It was a land-based system, and now this GPS stuff is just so accurate. Just insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. So are you. 
What's the scene right now? Shot, a little yeah. trout fishing this morning? No doubt, man. Before this big blow comes in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's going to blow, hmm, 25 to 35 mm-hmm. this afternoon. Gust of 50 white, tonight, white Joe. Ca- white, white caps on the lake. Don't, yeah. Don't say gust of 50 because it's going to blow and knock the power out right during the Apple Cup. And I'm not <laughs> going to Pullman. Okay? Don't say that. Where do you get, where are you getting gust of 50? I don't know. Joe's been, no, you I, know. Yeah. All I right. saw gust of 40. Okay. Right around Nelly's house. Yeah. You Gus, Gus to 60 up at Spivada there. Yeah. Where Nelly ah, lives. But south, so. south 25 so to 35. You got a little, you got a little trout six. fishing in you here this morning. Uh, some coho action up on the Skagit. A little stilly opener up there through the end of the month. That's through Wednesday. You catch some coho on the Stillaguamish River. You might even run into an incidental steelhead up mm-hmm. there. You could. There's a few of those For coming sure in on our cricks here. Uh, locally, crabbing. Is on fire. Marine oh, Area yes. 10. Haven't heard a lot about Marine Area 11. I know Marine Area 10 has been it's good. Been, the 11's been good. But that's been good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the North Sound Marine Areas have been excellent. You can crab on the in the northern part of Marine Area 12 as well up in Hood Canal north of Ayak Point. Uh, some so, some great crabbing opportunity this time of year in between blows, and we got some snow coming in and all this stuff, but it's open through the end of the year. Get yourself a little weather window and get out and get some crab. Uh, definitely a great opportunity there. Uh, we've got some snow geese piling in here and on the east side the goose hunting's been crazy over there for, for canadian honkers the, the snow and, goose hunting is oh like my gosh this year. it's been crazy insane yeah some my, of, my some buddy, of the biggest numbers we've my seen buddy in shot a hundred in an hour the other day wow a hundred of them i mean and and then they sent you know i'm getting all these videos of they're out there picking up their birds picking up decoys and they're still just trying they're trying to land with guys in the field yeah, some of yeah. the craziest snow goose hunting we've seen in years and years up there on the north end. And on the east side, too, some limits over there yesterday. I've been watching some of our, our mutual friends over there on the east side. Uh, clear over, like, almost to Ritzville, clear over towards the Spokane area. It's hammering snow geese over there. Uh, back when we were still talking to the Russians, we would get information out of the biologists over on Wrangell Island. Because these snow geese come from Russia, the from Wrangell Island, Russia. And they don't answer the phone anymore. No. The waterfowl iron They don't want curtain. to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they might, right. they might send little, little, little messenger pigeons or it messenger be, snow yeah, geese so over little messages. We I might get know, a little dude. population count. So, out of these guys but now also check the geese when they land because we've had well, a couple mortality events yeah. that that have manifested yeah, themselves in whatcom county whatcom yeah, exactly. county avian wiser flu. lake yeah avian influenza yeah i don't know if sure. you've ever been up around wiser lake but i do a lot of hunting up there and, and <laughs> was it right, actually avian influenza that killed it's, them it's or? right across the street from uh spencer's house <laughs> so he i was like right well, there. maybe spencer's it was been either over there avian influenza or spencer, spencer that killed or, or, lead, or lead poisoning yeah but if, if yeah. you've ever been up there what happens is you know there'll be 5,000 snow geese piled in to little wiser lake mm-hmm. and that's a great way to spread some yeah some virus sure. around, you yeah. know. So yeah, it's sure. a, a not not a not a joking matter. That that could be the love letter coming from Wrangell Island. The Russians may have sent a little something on the snow geese coming down <laughs> here. But no, I'm looking forward to Wednesday because it, you're in eastern Washington. You get what Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday to hunt geese. Yep. Yeah. And, and we're so, heading over Monday. We're going to hunt ducks Tuesday and geese on Wednesday. And we're trying to figure out how to get Kevin Gogan into a layout blind. Now, I barely fit in one. Nelly certainly doesn't fit in one. And Kevin Gogan, I'm not even sure what we're going to do there. We may just oh, have to pile, shit. like, tumbleweeds on top of it's, them it's and gonna be, call it macaroni. It's going you know? to be epic, dude. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't know. He just we here. You can breathe through this tube. Stick this tube up through there. You can breathe through that thing. I wonder if we could. I wonder we'll if we could, you know. I wonder if we could find him a seven XL ghillie suit. What is he? You know, six can, nine three he's, he's seventy oh, four dude, bills. He's, what is he? He's, he's three. He's a mountain. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll say he's three sixty five. You know, hmm. and and probably six nine six ten. Yeah, he's, monster. He's, yeah. Hmm. He's, so he's we'll see how this goes. Size eighteen boot. It'll be. Um, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm picking him up and and it's yeah the yeah. the drive over to Moses Lake. The whole thing's just going to be. He's going to freak out oh. when a bunch of big honkers are coming right down on top of you, and they're just right there. Well, we're gonna have to put him in the ditch behind us, dude. You know, or dig so, a dig so a big we hole. We may have to bring a backhoe out there so and just dig a little dig a hole, a little and, grave for him to lay in. And, land, and yeah. I've you know I've known Kevin for over thirty years now, and when I told him what we were gonna do over with Austin Mosier, and we get to you know do some do some snow goose hunting, he or excuse me, do some Canadian honker hunting on the river right he started laughing about it says you don't even need to take me fishing just set me on the bank of that river and let me shoot those honkers and he had the biggest ball doing that yeah we got him shooting geese last year he flipped out went bought every shotgun in the browning catalog he got the he got that same as us the browning wicked wings Mm -hmm. which is just an amazing gun joey's been doing an extended uh abusive wear test have you cleaned your a5 yet no three years now I haven't cleaned it yet. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I've Man. given it some oil a couple okay, times. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. and I mean, I've I've kind of taken a rag and shoved it in there and got some of the that's grit. It, listen, and stuff that's out. an inertia operated yeah. shotgun, mm-hmm. automatic shotgun, and that's one thing about inertia. You can just drag those things through the mud, yeah. and they will keep running. It's uh, perfect guns for are mu- sweet. It's perfect for what I do for just hunting I every hate, day for two hundred. Well, days and in I row. hate cleaning. My yeah, gun, right? It's like well, the last thing I want to do. To clean your gun. I had to send my handgun over to Pitson's house because he saw it in my car. He was like, "Oh my gosh, what are you well, doing?" Any ex-military guy sees any one of our guns, I'm oh, just yeah. completely no, no. embarrassed. You got a couple thousand rounds through that through that A5 Max. Or, oh me, my goodness! You easy? Are you kidding? Yeah, okay. oh, yeah, right. yeah. Fair, easy. Yeah. Fair oh, question. Thousands fair question. and thousands. How many? Yeah. Ca- like six cases you burned through last year or something? The one thing I did notice the other day, I was out pheasant hunting, and you know, you're here's one thing about a shotgun. If you're hunting a lot, it's you're constantly safety on, safety yep, off, yep, safety yeah, on, safety off, sure. safety on, yep. safety off. And I noticed my safety was not a, a little not a gritty or oh. something in there. So my my need to clean my gun. No. Hmm. No. no, it'll work no. its way out. No. It'll work its Dude, way out. And when, I mentioned I'll, inertia I'll versus, oil in there. versus a gas-operated shotgun. The gas guns are sweet to shoot because they eliminate a lot of the recoil because it take, they, they use that gas to cycle your, your shells through, which eliminates a lot of the recoil, but you got to keep them clean. Yeah. They're Not sweet for me. shooting, Not man. For I'm me. bringing my Maxxis this week. I'm, I'm going to bring oh, the really? A5. I'm going to bring it. I just got the Maxxis, too. That's just a sweet shotgun. But I'm going to bring the A5 with me, and I'll probably carry both out to the mm-hmm. blind just in case with really cold weather. I mean, it's going to be in the low teens, like 10 degrees. Sometimes that really, really cold weather will freeze up an auto, a, a gas-operated auto. So, mm. yeah, they get dry, and you can't get them to cycle. Could, could, I'm not saying the Maxxis will do that, but I'm definitely bringing the A5 just mm, for that reason. Could be so. a little chilly in the yeah, It's going to be cold, man. It's going to be yeah. toe warmers, hand warmers. Yeah. Puffy gear. Toque. Pu- bring, pu- the toque. Gear. bring the toque. Bring the toque, eh? Yeah, no doubt. Uh just going back though to to uh, some fishing opportunities here in here in December, I mean you know we we don't have steelhead plants in a lot of the rivers that we used to have, but but we're but again we've we've got like a residual program still going on in the Stilly, but the main game in town it, it, as far as steelhead is going to be this guy Comish, but the the Snoqualmie's got a got a decent batch too, and and when it those, was hot last year yeah yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the the whole Tokal Creek and, and and Reader Ponds deal, and, and you already know of a few fish taken at Reader. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of a couple fish, and like I said, Todd Daniels, they you know they're still doing the chum collection program up there, trying to get our, our chum numbers up, and um, I think they've caught three steelhead. So, you know, that's pretty good for right around Thanksgiving. What was what's their target? Are they trying to get the- two uh, two hundred and fifty spawning pairs? Nice, which. Man, I think that's a lot I, of chums. That it is, is a bunch of chums. Yeah. Uh, that's a bunch of eggs. Mm-hmm. And I think this might be the might, they might hit it this year. I mean, there were a lot. We've of We've seen great chum. chum returns on yeah. a lot of our West Side rivers. A Skagit saw a bunch of chums, and our chum runs have been in the toilet. You know, the last four, five, six well, years. When, when we have so. good chum runs, normally we would then mm-hmm. have a good steelhead run. And and I know the plants are down up at Reader, but. I'm I'm just hoping uh, we get a you know we get another good run like we had last year. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about fishing sand shrimp for those hatchery fish coming in. Uh, those BNR beads, big deal now. A lot of a lot of folks are fishing those beads. They're a soft bead, and they're, and it used to be you fished really tiny beads, like an eight or ten millimeter. Then it I went know. twelve, then fourteen. Now they're 16. like the size of a golf ball. Now it's like remember the old days. Uh, some of the guys on the schedule were fishing just massive wing bobbers and big old corkies. Yeah, and uh, you know, really, literally, Joe, the size of a golf ball. And some well, of these I, things are just humongous. I remember as a kid, I'd be up at Reader, and and we would always when fishing got tough. You'd go, you'd get tiny. smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller, yeah. and pretty soon you're fishing a, a little tiny purple spinning glow in the wintertime. And some newbie would walk up in his hip boots with a giant and, 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 and drifter. I'd, I'd look over, Monster. you'd have a 14 inch yeah. liter yeah. and a wing bobber mm-hmm. like the size of a baseball. Yep. And a, squ- a, a full size pink squid. And a yellow <laughs> eagle claw it, rod. He'd whip it out there and first cast. <laughs> he'd catch a steelhead. No doubt. <laughs> So that, but that whole big profile thing to me, I first became aware of it years and years ago on the peninsula with the Ray Bob. Oh yeah, remember the big mm-hmm. Ray Bob and, and and some of the mm-hmm. guides on the peninsula they'd lose, they'd you run out of eggs and they'd start tossing these freaking Ray Bobs, which were or a gooey bob. Well, the Ray Bobs were like the, a prehistoric cheater, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They had they had the same basic design as a cheater, and, and then but they just had kind of a ring around there, and, and I mean. Yeah, I think some guys that just freaking used to swear by those things, and you'd find them every now and then because they'd break off, you know, and we'd drift in some peninsula rivers. But yeah, the, those were those were huge profile lures, and and the, I thought, the, well, that's only going to work on the peninsula, right? No, well, no, not true. Skagit River, one yeah. of the one of the tried and true deals up there was a uh, was one of the uh, metallic pink big wing bobber, a big one with yeah. a bead behind it, and then no bait or anything, yeah. and just swing it through, and they would just crush that thing, whether it be the middle of winter, spring, anytime. Well, in a, a like fishing the sock and the in the Skagit. When we have an, a fishery up there, I'm throwing pink worm, the biggest yeah. pink worm you yeah. can find, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that big so profile, big, big, bright pink, mm-hmm. and they just go after it. If, yeah. if you ever fish with Rob Ensley, don't lose three worms in a row on three casts. Three, three in one it. cast. Don't three do in one don't cast. Do yeah. Don't do that. Don't, don't what do Nelly that. does, he casts, and then he just throws two <laughs> in the water yeah. every time. Yeah. Well, the, I should have should have had the clue when, when he showed up at the boat that morning with five Band-Aids on four fingers, right? Because he'd been threading <laughs> them threading that worms. night. Worms. You know, he was threading oh, worms that night. Now they got it's holy a, worms. Thank, holy worms. Thank you. For, well, now it's not just steelhead. Now they're using those B&R beads for coho and coho, coho. hammer those yeah. things yeah everything everything but, eats them. Yeah. what what got better about those those soft beads though are the texture i mean again hanging out at three rivers last week we got to walk down some of the aisles and some of the colors but the texture of those the plastics have gotten they hold on so much better yeah dude. yeah yeah it, they're pretty amazing that and uh, i mean seriously and we have so many bait restrictions these days now which really wouldn't worry me that much just use 
you know, snail your hooks with a little bit of yarn and run one of those things, and you're like, dude, they're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of fun, no question about it. And, and uh, you know, the days of burning 100 liters in a day are gone. I mean, <sighs> you know. Yeah, did that for many, many, many years. Dude, just tie leaders. Yeah. Just all time, day long. Time, time, and have time, a stack time. of rods over yeah. there with all new leaders mm-hmm. on them. So you had like 12 rods. You'd be fishing four, five, six of them and have another six over here that you're constantly rigging while you're running the kicker motor with your leg or your yeah. rear mm-hmm. end or something or hit it with your hand once in a while, keep it straight, and down the river you go. And you knew there was a Terminator snag in this part. Mm-hmm. of Listen, don't cast clear over on the bank. Just short. See that boil mm-hmm. right there? Yeah. And you'd see three lines. Everybody go right to it. Right kaplunk, kaplunk. it. Bink, bink, bink. All three rods go to all right, yeah, that's fine, guys. We'll just pull over and just re I remember some drifts on the Skagit where I tell them, hey, hey, all four of you throw in there. Three of you are going to get snagged, but yeah. the one that doesn't yeah. get snagged yeah. is going to get a steelhead out of there. And sure enough, wham, you'd hook a big, big, bright steelhead and off you go. So, so much know, of that stuff, time. particularly out of the drift boat, is, is, is casting to those small pockets. And yeah. and there'd always be wood on the edge of it somewhere. For sure. Right. You know, a lot of lot of fun. Dude, I hope we get a season on Skagit. I we'll, sure we'll miss all that stuff, man. Yeah, we sure we'll, miss it. We'll we'll definitely reach out and find yeah. out about that because we get that Skagit sock deal going this year. That'd be amazing. All right. One of the things that we've got and we really need to talk about is is the sinking ship that is the the WDFW Wildlife Commission. The, the, the Wildlife Commission is is appointed by by the governor to direct the director of WDFW, who's Kelly Susawin, on policy decisions regarding opportunity. The Revised Code of Washington, the RCWs, the law states that our wildlife populations will be managed to, in, in the best interest of the species, but also to provide meaningful opportunity for hunters and anglers throughout the state. It's, it's our contention right now that this part of the law has not is not being followed. Ron Garner, Puget Sound Anglers president, joining us next to get his take on this troubling trend with regard to wildlife management, not only in the state of Washington, but you can kind of see echoes of this nationally. And we're going to address it next here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.